Welcome to the Confessions of a Codependent podcast. I am your host, Jenny Red Pill Rage Eon. Very, very proud to be bringing you my only non-political podcast. Something a little deeper, something a little bit more meaningful, something I think we can cross party lines in terms of how many of us suffer from the terrible pain of living a life with codependency. On this podcast, we are going to be talking about everything from personality disorders, narcissistic abuse, prevention, narcissistic abuse healing, narcissistic abuse survival. We're going to be talking about dating uh, tips, toxic fawning. We're going to talk about fight, flight, fawn, or freeze responses. Things not to say to someone who is a trauma survivor. We're going to talk about PTSD. Also the difference between PTSD and complex PTSD. We're going to talk about what self-care is, and what it isn't. We are going to be covering so many incredible topics and hopefully discussing tools that can help us along our journey to become healthier, more self-loving individuals who can truly find love in this world, truly find purpose, and truly live with lion-like courage. So shout out to Codependence Anonymous. Go visit the website coda.org. Let's get started. Hello, codependents. How are you this week? I hope everyone has a, having a great week staying in your villain era here in the month of November. Uh, it has been an interesting ride. Uh, this is the second to last episode for this season, but I will be coming back in about three months. I need to take a little break get through the holiday season, get through the slow season, and utilize uh, the downtime to really um, work on some other projects that I have. Uh, I I do want to write a couple of books. I want to write a children's book. And I just want to buckle down the month of January and February and just get it done, you know, get her done. But uh, holiday season is big money for me in my industry. So I'm going to need, gonna need to be working my ass off the month of December and the rest of November. So uh, I'm going to bring season one of Confessions of a Codependent to a close. Next week will be the last episode for this season. But boy, I am coming out swinging in season two. I got some great things lined up for you. So make sure to listen to the next episode so you can get a preview of some of the topics that we're going to be covering in season two. Before we move on, please, please, please like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment over there. And if you are listening on Spotify, please make sure to leave me a voice note and I'll be happy to include your voice in my podcast. Any feedback that you have, I want the other codependents to be able to hear your voice and not just hear mine because I ain't no narcissist, right? I ain't no narcissist. It's not just about me. I want to know, are you getting something out of this podcast? Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any constructive criticism? Uh, Do you have any topics you'd like me to cover? Have you shared this podcast with any friends or family members? Are they liking it? You know, let me know. Anything you got to say. If you fucking hate my podcast, tell me that too. (laughs) Tell me that too. That's cool. You know, I, I, I got a thick skin. I worked in the restaurant business for almost 20 years. I've uh, I've been a graphic designer. 
And I've been a uh, social media, I mean, I've been a uh, content creator, so trust me, I've been called every name in the book three times, and ten times have I been called, you know, things even worse than that. So I'm not, uh, nothing phases me, I got a thick skin, you're welcome to cuss me out if you feel like it. I'd be happy to hear that, <laughs> okay? All right, so for today's topic, we are going to, it's not going to be a long episode because there's actually not a lot of research out there about this particular topic, which is, what is obsessive compulsive disorder? What is it? Um, shockingly, shockingly, the disorder itself, at least through the research that I've done, the disorder itself cannot really be treated with anything other than cognitive behavioral therapy. But what it looks like from what I'm reading, it looks like it's mainly treated through medication. And I think that's really, really sad. Um, there is a high level of anxiety that corresponds with OCD. And nine out of 10 times, your doctor is just going to uh, prescribe you medicine for the anxiety instead of actually helping you get through your thoughts, actually helping you with uh, psychotherapy or CBT, which is behavior, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay, so let me just start from the top. Let's go to, I want to make sure we've got a good source here. I was thinking, um, where, yes, the American Psychiatric Association, APA, all right? Obsessive compulsive disorder, C OCD is a disorder in which people have recurring unwanted thoughts, ideas, or sensations, obsessions. To get rid of the thoughts, they feel driven to do something repetitively, compulsions. The repetitive behaviors such as hand washing, cleaning, checking on things, mental acts like counting and other activities can significantly interfere with a person's daily activities and social interactions. Many people without OCD have distressing thoughts or repetitive behaviors. However, these do not typically disrupt daily life. For people with OCD, thoughts are persistent and intrusive and behaviors are rigid. Not performing these behaviors commonly causes great distress, often attached to specific fear of dire consequences to self or loved ones, if the behaviors are not completed. Many people with OCD know or suspect their obsessional thoughts are not realistic. Others think they may be true. This is where that paranoia comes in. Even if they know their intrusive thoughts are not realistic, people with OCD have difficulty disengaging from the obsessive thoughts or stopping the compulsive actions. A diagnosis of OCD requires the presence of obsessional thoughts and or compulsions that are time consuming more than one hour a day, cause significant distress and impair work or social functioning. OCD affects two to 3% of the population in the United States and among adults slightly more in women than men are affected. OCD often begins in childhood, adolescence, or early adulthood. Some people may have symptoms of OCD, but not meet the full criteria of disorder. So confession time, um, I do have this disorder, but I'm sorry, I do have symptoms of this disorder. I do not, I do not meet all, I do not meet all criteria for this disorder, but I definitely have symptoms of this disorder. Okay. Now let's, let's break this down before I read any further. Part of the idealization, magical thinking and limerence that I experience as a codependent 
could possibly, and I think it does, I think it is linked with the obsession, the recurrent and persistent thoughts, recurrent and persistent thoughts of love or love lost, recurrent and persistent thoughts of what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have been more feminine. I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have set any boundaries. You know, the typical self-blame that codependents go go through, right? Um, yeah, so I definitely think when, when your magical thinking, your idealization, and when, when your limerence is um, persistent for a long period of time, it definitely could be a symptom of OCD, okay? They kind of cross over one of one each other. One, they kind of cross with each other, right? It is no secret that a codependent has limerence and magical thinking. So how much more would a codependent have limerence and magical thinking if they also couple that with recurrent and persistent thoughts about the relationship, about the sexual partner, about the family member, about the uh, whatever went down at work that got you fired, right? So let me move on. Obsessions are recurrent and persistent thoughts, impulses, or images that cause distressing emotions such as anxiety, fear, or disgust. <laughs> Isn't that what we experience as codependents? Anxiety, fear, and disgust? I mean, that's part of what we experience, is it not? Many people with OCD recognize that these are a product of their mind and that they are excessive and or unreasonable. However, the distress caused by these intrusive thoughts cannot be resolved by logic or reasoning. Most people with OCD try to ease the distress of obsessional thinking or to undo the perceived threats by using compulsions. Now, this is where um, we take it from our mind into our physical body and our physical environment, right? So they talked about the hand washing. They talked about um, the organizing. They talked about the tasks and or the performances that they got it that a person with OCD has to do to try to resolve the thoughts that are in their head, right? So an alcoholic is going to drink to try to ease the thoughts in their head. A person with OCD is going to clean or organize or fold clothes or do laundry or go for long drives or, you know, break things and then rearrange them or whatever it may be that they do in order to try to resolve the thoughts in their head, okay? They may also try to ignore or suppress the obsessions or distract themselves with other activities, okay? Examples of common content of obsession, obsessional thoughts, fear of contamination by people or the environment, Disturbing sexual thoughts or images, religious, often blasphemous thoughts or fears. Well, you know, that might explain why I backslid from Christ for 14 years. You know, maybe. Fear of perpetrating aggression or being harmed, self or loved ones. Extreme worry, something is not complete. <laughs> That's every day of my life. <laughs> Extreme concern with order, symmetry, or precision. Oh, God, absolutely. Listen, y'all, if y'all came over to my house, if you came over to my apartment, 
you would be you would probably be very impressed that my apartment is so clean and organized. Um, my closet is color coded. There was a time in my life where I organized my books in alphabetical order. Uh, back in the day when I was a little kid, well, not a little kid, a, a young lady, um, a, a preteen and a teen. Uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember when we had CD, CDs and CD players. I used to organize those alphabetically. Um, it's always been a huge challenge for me to s visit anyone's house or stay at anybody's house if their house was not clean. Um, hence, a lot of the issue that I had with my last roommate because his house is fucking filthy. And because he had dogs, I couldn't even keep my own room clean. All the dog hair would come into my room. Um, what else? You know, it explains why I'm a chef and why I was so good at being a chef, because obviously I had tons of stuff that I could clean all the time. Um, Got to keep health department standards, you know, <laughs> I ain't ashamed of that at all. Um, let's see what else. Um, there is symmetry in my home. Everything has to be set up between the windows. Um, equal in you know spatial relations anything in terms of of spatial relations it has to be symmetrical in my home i don't like things that are not symmetrical i am really into minimalist design so any kind of like ames era 1960s or japanese minimalist um design i really find that very very attractive so yeah that explains a lot um Fear of losing or discarding something important can also be seemingly meaningless thoughts, images, sounds, words, or music. Okay. Compulsions. Compulsions are the repetitive behaviors or mental acts that a person feels driven to perform in response to an obsession. The behaviors typically prevent or reduce a person's distress related to an obsession temporarily, and they are more likely to do the same in the future. Compulsions may be excessive responses that are directly related to an obsession, such as an excessive hand-washing due to the fear of contamination, or actions that are completely unrelated to the obsession. In the most severe cases, a constant repetition of rituals may fill the day, making a normal routine impossible. So this is where I can say that I cannot fully be diagnosed as having OCD, but I do have symptoms of it because of this right here. The constant repetition of rituals may fill the day, making a normal routine impossible. Um, when it comes to me making my money or running my errands or getting things done, um, a couple dishes in the sink is not going to stop me from doing that. However, uh, an unrinsed dish in the sink is going to give me anxiety. I will not leave. Anytime I leave dishes in the sink, they have to be rinsed. Okay. And I don't think that that's abnormal. I don't think that that's really a problem. But what the what the uh, psychiatrist is saying here, the APA is saying, is that it has to interfere with your daily life, right? So, um, there is a show on TLC, I believe it's called Strange Obsession. And let me see if that's what it is.
Oh, my strange addiction. Okay. So these type of people who are like, some of these people, not all of these cases are OCD, but if you look at some of them, they are definitely OCD because this stuff interferes with their daily life. My obsessive compulsive disorder symptoms do not interfere with my daily life. I can still deviate from my routine and be totally at peace. I can still deviate from my schedule and be totally at peace. I like adventure. I like spontaneity. Somebody with full-blown OCD is not going to like adventure and they're not going to like spontaneity. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say in terms of the fear of contamination, as a professional shelf, I will tell you this. You, sh you should be concerned about how you prepare your food. Okay, this is just a totally side note. I'm not talking as Jenny the podcaster. I am talking as Jenny the chef. You should absolutely be concerned with cross-contamination, okay? I can't tell you how many times I've been to other people's houses and I see how they prepare their food, they're, pet they're petting the dog, and then they're mixing up the meatballs, okay? They're, they're, they've got dog hair on the, they got cat hair on the kitchen counter, absolutely unacceptable okay they're not sanitizing after they prepare their chicken absolutely unacceptable okay so when it comes to food you have permission to be concerned about germs and cross-contamination now in terms of going out into the public touching door handles um touching elevator buttons things of that nature if you really are that concerned Keep gloves in your pocket and put a glove on and call it a day. But don't freak the fuck out. Like, grow the fuck up. You don't live, you don't live in a vacuum in a world by yourself, okay? If you're that concerned about germs, which we all saw how many people during COVID all of a sudden had Munchausen syndrome, um, go ahead and wear a glove and then dispose of that glove afterward but don't walk around acting like a fucking weirdo okay keep your compulsions to yourself okay that shit is weird all right let's see compulsions are repetitive behaviors or mental acts that a person feels driven to perform in response to an obsession these behavior behaviors typically prevent or reduce a person's distress related to an obsession temporarily and they are then more likely to do the same in the future compulsions may be excessive responses that are directly related to an obsession such as excessive hand washing due to the fear of contamination or actions that are completely unrelated to the obsession in the most severe cases the constant repetition of rituals may feel the day making a normal routine impossible uh oh i already read that um Okay, um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Rituals related to numbers such as counting, repeating, excessively preferencing or avoiding certain numbers. Uh, I'm a little bit, that is a little bit of, a, um, of, a, of an obsession that I have, uh, a symptom that I have. Um, and I think it speaks to my sense of spatial relations, um, volumes, measurements, distances, measuring distances in my head, um, counting how many people are in the room. I do things like that. Um, let's see what else. Um, 
<laughs> tracking my cycle during my period, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I've never, I've never had an abortion. I've never had, I mean, I've, I've been pregnant once. I had a baby. Um, I had a daughter. But uh, other than that, in, in the last 22 years since I've been having sex, I've never gotten pregnant. And so clearly the calendar method does work. It's what ancient women used to prevent pregnancy. And it's what I used. And it's worked for 22 years. Not saying I was sexually active the whole time. But, you know, uh, I generally don't use condoms when I'm in a relationship. So, you know, it works. <laughs> it works. Um, obsessing over time and obsessing over a calendar. Yes, I am guilty of that. Um, counting, you know, using metrics is something, uh, calculating percentages is something that I definitely do. I do love math. There was a time in my life where I said that math was God. And I still believe that. I still believe Jesus is God, but I also believe math is God because math is absolute and God is absolute. So there has to be a correlation between math and God. So that's just my personal opinion. I probably sound crazy saying that, but I, I do feel that way. Uh, people with OCD may also avoid certain people, places, or situations that cause them distress and trigger obsessions and or compulsions. Avoiding these things may further impair their ability to function in life and may be detrimental to other areas of their mental or physical health. Well, luckily, I don't have that symptom because... Uh, I like having adventures and I like going to new places and I'm not, I'm not scared of certain locations. Um, there's probably a few cities and states that I would never go back to, but if I had to, I would be able to ground myself and provide myself enough self-care to work through it. So let's go ahead and look at what the... Uh, Let's go ahead and look at what some of the treatments are, okay? Cognitive behavioral therapy. What did I say? I said it's kind of the only psychotherapy that's available for this one. Um, one effective treatment is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy known as exposure and response prevention. During treatment sessions, patients are exposed to feared situations or images that focus on their obsessions. Although it is a standard to start with those that only lead to mild or moderate symptoms, initially the treatment often causes increased anxiety. Patients are instructed to perform, to avoid performing their usual compulsive behaviors known as response prevention by staying in a feared situation without anything terrible happening. Patients learn that their fearful thoughts are just thoughts. People learn that they can cope with their thoughts without relying on ritualistic behaviors and their anxiety decreases over time. Using evidence-based guidelines, therapists and patients typically collaborate to develop an exposure plan that gradually moves from lower anxiety situations to higher anxiety situations. Exposures are performed in both treatment sessions and at home. Some people with OCD may not agree to participate in CBT because of the initial anxiety it invokes, but it is the most powerful tool available for treating many types of OCD. Okay, so cognitive behavioral therapy 
It's been around for a hundred years. It's it's uh, very effective with all types of um, personality disorders and mental illnesses. Um, it's funny that that uh, Kim, uh, Khloe Kardashian should come to mind because apparently she has OCD, and um, I think it was either her mom or her mom and a therapist that was trying to work with her about how she keeps her kitchen. Like she keeps her kitchen a certain way. She organizes her fruit a certain way. And I remember seeing some clip, I don't know what show it was on. I don't, Keeping Up With The Kardashians or something like that. Um, or it was another show, I can't remember, where they're having a session with her and they're trying to help her um, deal, like deal with the anxiety that's welling up in her when they rearrange the fruit or when they like put the fruit on the table and it's not organized in a bowl. And I just, that, that, that memory came to mind because that's a lot how I'm, how I am, you know? Now I've learned over the years of working in a professional kitchen that I can't have everything my way. Things are not always going to be organized my way, but it was always important for me to whatever station I was working on, I had to have it set up with everything within arm's reach. The same thing with my car. Like everything has to be within within arm's reach. Moisturizer, body oil, toothbrush and toothpaste, um, floss, gum, Tic Tacs, mints, um, a fan. These are things that I have to have in my vehicle at all times because I chapstick. Uh, let's see what else. Um, a vape. I always have to have a vape because I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. And hopefully one of these days I'll be able to let go of that addiction as well. Um, uh, uh, napkins, tissue, paper towel, something, right? I always have to have something to for my body. I always have to have something for my dental health. And I always have to have something to clean up anything or to wipe anything that I might need to wipe, okay? I don't know if that's OCD or if it's just being prepared, but I definitely feel very uncomfortable in my vehicle if I don't have all of those things in my glove box or in my console, okay? Now, um, unfortunately, now, now before I get into talking about the medication and the neurosurgical treatments, what I want to say to you is this. If you have diagnosed OCD, I really want you to think about Freud, okay? And whether you believe in Freudian psychology or not, I just want you to think about this one concept. A lot of Phobias and obsessions generally start in childhood, okay? Those phobias and those obsessions usually have something to do with some sort of parental abuse or some sort of parental neglect. I'm not saying all of them do, but I'm saying most of them do, okay? So if you have OCD, it would behoove you before you decide to start taking medication, it would behoove you to start doing your shadow work and speak with a real therapist who specializes in CBT or in OCD to help you understand where that obsession is originating in your life. What is the origin wound 
that created the OCD for you. Because the problem that I have, and again, I'm not a fan of modern Western medicine, the problem that I have is that if you get on medication, all it's going to do is reduce your anxiety and symptoms or they are going to reduce your chronic depression symptoms. But it is not going to help you root out the fucking problem. And then the the reality of medications, antipsychotics, antidepressants, and anti-anxiety medications is number one, they may not agree with your system. They may not work for you. And you might be going back and forth from the doctor for five or 10 years before they find a cocktail of combinations that does work for you. So why put yourself through it? Why put yourself through it when you can just get a therapist that can do the shadow work with you to help you find this origin wound and attack that, okay? I don't want my codependents, okay? And you guys are my family now. I don't want my codependents strung out on a whole bunch of different types of medications going through weight gain and weight loss. I don't want you going through... um, I don't want the medication to backfire and you eventually um, do some crazy shit like like you might kill somebody or you might kill yourself because the medication doesn't agree with you. I don't want you going through that, okay? I don't want you going through that, all right? Zoloft, gabapentin, which is really for pain. I don't even know why my doctor prescribed it to me. Um, what else is there? Uh, uh Xanax. Okay. I don't want you to, I don't want you getting addicted to that stuff. I don't want you being on that stuff for 10, 20, 30, 40 fucking years. Right. Talk to somebody who understands this obsession, this disorder. Talk to somebody before you go get medicated, please. All right, so here is the medication. A class of medications known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, typically used to treat depression can also be effective in the treatment of OCD. The SSRI dosage dosage used to treat OCD is often higher than that used to treat depression. Patients who do not respond to one SSRI medication sometimes respond to another. The maximum benefit usually takes six to 12 weeks or longer to be visible. Patients with mid to moderate OCD symptoms are typically treated with either CBT or medication depending on patient preference. The patient's cognitive abilities at level of insight, the presence or absence of associated psychiatric conditions and treatment availability. The best treatment for OCD is a combination of CBT and SSRIs, especially if OCD symptoms are severe. Okay, so here's the thing. Research came out last year that said that SSRIs are completely ineffective in the brain. Now, do y'all remember like 15 years ago when Tom Cruise got in big trouble for saying that on Matt Lauer's show? Okay, well, here we are. The, the research has come out, SSRIs are not effective, right? So I really want you to think about it before you go to your doctor and you, and you start taking pills. Ask yourself, are you running and hiding from the real 
anxiety origin? Are you just taking a pill to feel better for a little bit? Is it a placebo effect? Are you actually, is it, is the, are these medications actually alleviating the symptoms or are they just numbing you out and giving you brain fog so you can't think about all the weird shit that you want to do? Just a question to ask yourself. Neurosurgical treatment. Some newer studies show that gamma ventral cap, capsulotomy, a surgical procedure, can be very effective for patients who do not respond to the treatments and are very impaired. But this is underused due to historical prejudice and invasiveness. Deep brain stimulation, which often involves an implanted device in the brain, has data to offer efficacy and does not permanently destroy brain tissue as done in capsulotomy. However, it is still highly invasive and complex to manage and there are limited providers and hospital systems trained to offer this treatment and to provide the long-term support as needed by DBS patients, okay? How to support a loved one struggling with OCD. In people with OCD, in people with OCD who live with family, friends, or caregivers, enlisting their support to help with exposure practice at home is recommended. In fact, the participation of family and friends is a predicator of is a predictor of treatment success. Self-care, maintaining a healthy lifestyle can help in coping with OCD. Getting enough good quality sleep, eating healthy food, exercising, and spending time with others can help with overall mental health. Also using basic relaxation techniques when not doing exposure exercises such as meditation, yoga, visualization, and massage can help ease stress and anxiety. Uh, Related conditions. Now this is really going to jump out at you because this jumped out at me. Uh, Hoarding disorder body dysmorphia disorder, trichotillomania, hair pulling disorder, um, exorientation, which is a skin picking disorder. Uh, Interesting how all of those physical disorders also and environmental disorders, how they kind of go hand in hand with OCD. I thought that was interesting. Um, So... I think it's pretty much concluded that the only, uh, the only psychotherapy treatment is CBT. And I strongly, strongly encourage you to go find a therapist who specializes in that because I think it can be very, very helpful uh, once you are able to dig deep and find that origin wound that is creating the OCD because the, C- the OCD doesn't come from nowhere. Just like... Codependence, it doesn't come from nowhere. Borderline personality, there's an origin. It doesn't come from nowhere. Narcissistic personality disorder, it doesn't come from nowhere. There's an origin for it. Cluster B, doesn't come from nowhere. There's an origin to it, okay? So just like OCD, um, there is an origin to it. Um, When I think about what my OCD origin is, it's actually because my parents were hoarders. 
specifically my mother, she's like a very filthy fucking dirty woman. And the house was always really dirty. And so again, when I'm in someone else's home and their house is not in order, it's very triggering. The memory of growing up in a filthy house is very triggering to me. Um, and so I'm very uncomfortable with it. You know, I don't necessarily judge the person, but it does remind me of my mother. And so that is something that I need to work on. That is something that I need to, um, I need to keep at the forefront of my mind when I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. And in addition to that, what do, what do I say all the time? Self-care is my responsibility. So if I'm really that uncomfortable in an environment because it's filthy, then it means that I should find another place to work or I should find another place to live. And I've had to do that many times, many times I've had to do that. Um, it gets exhausting being the only one who sees the mess. It gets exhausting being the only one who can clean to a health department or hospital standard. Okay, so it's best that I live by myself unless I um, am able to get into a relationship with somebody who's also very clean. I don't expect perfection, but, you know, be 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 reasonably clean, you know, like with the dishes. If you're my boyfriend, you know, rinse and you don't want to wash the dish. That's fine. I don't care. I'll wash it for you. You're my man. That's no problem. But if you put dishes in the sink, you better rinse them motherfuckers because I don't want ants and I don't want roaches. Okay. I just don't, I'm not going to put up with that. Um, what else? Um, being able to have grounding techniques is something that you can also learn from your therapist, learning how to ground yourself when you're triggered or when you're in an uncomfortable situation or when your amygdala is firing off, telling you that you're not safe. And visually, environmentally, you know you're safe, but your amygdala is going crazy because you're, you're having a flashback of something. It is your job to maintain your own sanity. It's your job to prevent yourself from spazzing the fuck out. It's your job to comfort yourself and comfort your inner child as you go through that episode. Okay. And that's something I've learned to do. Okay. The tapping, the squeezing, the pinching, um, the things that I learned from EMDR therapy have definitely come in handy when I'm in an uncomfortable situation. Um, a lot of other people like to use breathing techniques personally, deep breathing has never really done anything for me, but it does a lot for most people. Um, music is a great way to immediately re reprogram my mood. Um, so I have a playlist of like, it's like, I don't know, it's like 200 songs. <laughs> I have a playlist of like a lot of songs and they're just like all the happy songs, all, all the songs that make me feel happy or make me feel sensuous or make me feel good or that have a beat that kind of resonates with me, I listen to my playlist, okay? There's nothing wrong with exiting a situation and listening to some music that changes your mood. That's what music is there for. Music is powerful. Don't be afraid to incorporate music into your daily routine or into your self-care routine, okay? 
Uh, lastly, um, swimming. Swimming is an immediate, instant way of resetting my mood and resetting my nervous system if I am having an anxiety attack or if I'm angry. Okay, swimming, whether it be the pool in my apartment or going down to the river, whatever it is that I have to do, I keep a swimsuit in my vehicle at all times. I keep my Crocs in my vehicle at all times for that specific reason. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm triggered, if I'm if I'm really being OCD, if I'm overwhelmed with intrusive thoughts about my ex or any other man that I've been with or any other thing in my life that I'm upset about, I know it is my responsibility to get my ass in that water and go swim and let the, you know, let my body feel the waves, let my body feel the stones, let my body feel the temperature of the water. Let my body feel the rush of the river. That is all incredibly, incredibly beneficial to me. So that's my thing. But, you know, that's part of my therapy. You know, that's part of my, that's part of me gaining control over my emotions when I feel like my emotions are out of control. You guys need to find out what those, um, what those techniques are going to be for you. Okay, they're going to be different for everybody. All right, so you got to find out what that is for you. And that's all I got for you, codependents. I just wanted to make sure before we ended season one that I had to throw in an episode about OCD because I do have symptoms of it. My guess is that maybe some of you also have symptoms of it. And uh, if this doesn't encourage you to go get uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, I don't know what will. Okay, but you need to go talk to somebody. All right. Don't let the doctor immediately put you on medication, especially if your symptoms are mild. Okay. If your symptoms are mild, do not let the doctor put you immediately on medication. That is the easy way out for them because they don't want to deal with it. Okay. Modern medicine is not as great as you think it is. All right. Surgery, yes. But medicine, no. Okay. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Please like, 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 share, 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 comment, 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 share this with people that you know, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram, share it on your Twitter. If there's an episode that jumps out at you and you feel like your friends or your family could really benefit from it, go ahead and share it. Let's not hoard this information. You know, that's a that's a symptom of OCD. We can't do that, right? <laughs> Let's not hoard this information. Let's get it out to as many suffering people as possible. And with that, uh, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Stay in your villain era. Villain era 2024. Let's do it. Let's do it next year as well. And uh, uh, keep working the steps. They work if you work them. <laughs>